I'm Deva Flowers. And I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. Welcome to Creating Leaders of Character. Our purpose in creating this podcast is to help you empower yourself as a leader. Specifically as a leader of character. Deva and I come from two very different times. You might consider me an old school kind of leader. And I'm what might be considered an emerging leader. As different as our perspectives may be, we both agree that leading with character is important these days. Actually, it's always been important. Now, it may even be critical. Throughout this podcast, we'll share our perspectives, not to convince you to think like either of us, but to help you develop your own perspectives and apply them to make you a better leader. A leader of character. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Well, Mrs. Deva, did I get that right? <laughs> Mrs. Deva, Mrs. Flowers, Mrs. McDaniel. That's good uh, to me. I, I won't remember the other name. I'm, I'm glad that I remember uh, the D word. So uh, how are you? Are you doing okay? <laughs> yes, I'm doing good. I'm, I've been practicing saying Vasquez, but I've uh, I've not attempted the way that you prefer, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm embarrassed. You're, you're getting better. <laughs> Keep at it. Uh, eventually, you'll <laughs> you'll be one of I'm us. I'm just keeping myself from accidentally saying Vasquez or something. Uh, yeah, really yeah, yeah. Thing, then, you know. <laughs> well, I'll go through this microphone and slap you if you do that. I know. I know. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm pretty far away, so so yeah. you have to catch me yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, and school is uh, done. I guess right. You got your all your finals done. Yeah. And yeah. uh, on summer break, is that what you call it? We, we, you know, it, uh, I taught at the academy, as you know, for about 20 years, and they don't get a summer break. They do get a summer period, but yeah. they have stuff going on all year long, which is good, I, I think. Otherwise, they get in, in trouble. You know, they start thinking stupid. <laughs> so uh, do, do you take the summer to regroup or, or do you take, are you taking classes or what do you do? Yeah, I have I have 12 hours of summer school that I'd like to do just to try and get ahead. And it's funny that you mentioned the academy because I have two friends right now at the Air Force Academy. I have one at the Naval Academy and I have two at West Point. Really good friends, um, too. And when I call them and check in with them, they're like, I've got a month left, left of school, Deva. <laughs> <laughs> you should not be talking to me about what pool you're going to go swim at or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or getting ready for summer classes. So yeah. so I, I have empathy for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which is a topic that we didn't get to last week, which we said yeah. we were going to try to get to this week. Yeah. Well, speaking of empathy, here's the key in my perspective. And this is what Dr. Covey, we talked about Dr. Covey a lot last, uh, last week. But uh, the emphasis, the essence of empathy is understanding. And, uh, and I told you, I studied with him several times, and he always emphasized when we're talking about empathy, to seek to understand, not to judge, because it's very easy to judge. I mean, you start talking to someone, uh, even, I hate to, to admit it, I mean, but it's true, you see someone that looks like me, and you've already judged me, thinking mm -hmm. that this is who I, you know, there's a stereotype that I may or may not fit, you know, but... Uh, so to be to be able to listen effectively, it requires just understanding. And as we talk about the generational differences, you know, you 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 guyses talk different than us guyses. You know, <laughs> uh, we we talked a lot about respect. One of the things that bugs the crap out of me when I go to a restaurant and I we, we go 
too much. We shouldn't be doing that. But when uh, a, a young person comes up, and it doesn't have to be a young person, a person comes up, a server, because we can't say a waiter, which is fine. A server comes up to you and says, hey, guys, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can you not see like that I'm like five generations older than you? Don't call me guys. I'm not a guys. I'm sir, mister, whatever you, and if you know who I am, call me chief, but don't call me guys. Uh, which again, that may be just me. I don't know, but I think it's a generational thing. Oh, it's definitely a generational thing. Sorry to so, but to butt in. I just wanted to say that I think it depends on where you're at too. I mean, if you're, you might be able to have empathy for somebody who's working at maybe Waterburger or um, you know maybe you walk into Taco Bell and um, you're sitting down and somebody comes up and says, "Hey guys," that's I think that's much different than sitting at a fancy Italian restaurant um, and. Uh, and I, yeah, either way, I think the the newer generation does have more informal, like we said, uh, greetings. So, so yeah, it, it makes sense for somebody of your generation, but that would have never crossed my mind. Um, so yeah, but but with empathy, you know, again, it's yeah. understanding. And the first uh, one of the first ways to to begin the listening process is to watch to see someone. And, and yeah, we we probably. And we, I'm sure that we make assess, uh, assumptions about someone based on how they look, but I don't know, Nate, probably 90% of the time it's accurate, fairly accurate. You can tell this is an old person. You can tell this is a young person. That's, you know, although with me, it's pretty difficult, you know, when, when we're together, everybody thinks I'm, I'm 20 years old, but you know, what can I say? Um, I think um, I may have said this to you before, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, there's this book and it says, uh, cognitive empathy, the case against rational, the case for rational compassion. And this guy is talking about how we should just root out the word empathy altogether and how the word empathy is causing us so many problems. He's a cognitive psychologist. I think um, I didn't look him up. I just remember from, from looking into it. Um, and, I don't agree with everything he says, because I do think the word empathy is important. I mean, we use it. It's a word in our language that people have actually caught on to. And it's actually not that old. It's not something that we've talked about for the past 20 or 30 years. Um, definitely, people weren't walking around talking about empathy 100 years ago uh, at all. That 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 word only got popular um, once uh, a certain book, I don't remember what it's called, came out. But I don't think it was more than 40 or 50 years ago. Um so something about empathy that I think is worth repeating is that there are different types and one of them is cognitive empathy. Um, and then I think the other one is emotional empathy and cognitive empathy is like you said, the understanding, like Dr. Covey said, which I think is, is the one that more people need to embrace. And that's being able to understand, but not put your feet in the place of another person. And the, the quote that was used in this book that I'm talking about was that if you're trying to save somebody who's drowning, you also can't be drowning. <laughs> so, right. yeah. so if you have um, too much empathy uh, in the case of emotional empathy and you're trying to drown yourself in whatever emotion somebody else is feeling, then you're really no use to them. Instead, it's understanding and still holding whatever judgments or reservations that you had from growing up, because those aren't always negative. I mean, I can openly say that the judgments or reservations that I have are products of my experience, just like the, the products of your experience are. Um, they might produce bad results because my experience is different than somebody else's. Maybe I accidentally offend somebody. Um, 
and, and that wouldn't be on purpose, but, um, but yeah, I think cognitive empathy and trying to understand, uh, and have benefit of the doubt. That's like, that's another good thing. I know I'm throwing out a lot here, but I try to give people the benefit of, of the doubt. Um, unless, you know, there's always a first time of that, that gives me more judgment. If I'm being nice to somebody and they, you know, blow me off. I, I will tell you a story since you told me a few, uh, this was just yesterday. We had our last friend group um, get together of the semester. We went and to this park, it's called Zilker Park. And uh, there's this man who's playing guitar for people. He's walking to all the people sitting on their picnic blankets and eating. My friends and I had brought some food out and he goes and plays guitar for them. And I thought, oh, that's so sweet. And my friend Jordan, who was standing next to me, she said, actually, that man is actually kind of rude. And I said, oh, why? And she says, he goes up to people and asks them if you want to hear a song. And then when you say yes, after he's done, he kind of stands around and like gets kind of rude until you give him money. Mm. Um, so you weren't expecting to give him money. And now he's kind of standing around kind of bothering you. Um, and so we were kind of trying to figure out ways to kindly tell him no um, in some way because we didn't really didn't have any cash or anything. And when he came up, we didn't decide anything. So I just looked at him and, I, and he said, do you want to hear a song? And I said, hi, uh, we don't have any money, but we have oranges. <laughs> so when I told him, <laughs> and I like showed him the oranges yeah. and he, he went meh and like, sh like, like threw his hand and just like stormed away. And, oh, and I was like, oh, you know what? Like I gave him, like, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he did mm -hmm. prove his rudeness to me to some type. So now yeah. I can judge him, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but, sure. Well, yeah, again, <laughs> you know, we, we don't really want to judge in a negative way we do we will but uh I, I don't know if you've heard or read this but i, I i'm a i'm kind of a fan of uh, uh pope uh, francis and mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh and interestingly because i'm not even catholic but he once said who am i to judge mm -hmm. and you know this is to in many ways in many respects this is like a person very very close to the creator saying who am i to judge yeah. and um so, you know, I like that and I like the sentiment that none of us is worthy of judging anyone. Yeah. Hence, what Dr. Covey taught about empathy is understanding. I can understand, Deva, that you believe something without having to believe it. That's sympathy. Now, mm. now I have some judgment. Yes, I agree. Okay. Empathy is not about agreeing. It's about understanding. I guess maybe you can say a cognitive understanding, but it's really emotional a lot of times because that's what I'm trying to understand, the emotion. You can feel this way even emotionally. I don't have to, but mm -hmm. I can accept that you feel that way and respect that. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I really... I'm, I don't lose sleep, but I worry a lot about where our culture is right now, where our country is, because uh, there are so many haters. And anything you say on social media, you can say something and people will, yeah. will start uh, hating. Uh, the other day, someone posted something to that effect. They said, we, uh, to make a point that we just gonna, are gonna, we're going to argue no matter what, here's a picture. And it's a, a rock uh, hmm. and, and, uh, to help that person out. I said, oh, yeah, that's not a rock. That's a stone. <laughs> okay so uh, you know uh, yeah. now what so we can get into a, a, a an argument really quickly on based on semantics or anything else on, on emotion you know uh, I, I hate you what a terrible thing you know it's not that i and who was that uh, 
uh, Lincoln said, I, I don't like that man. Let me go uh, get to know him better. Yeah. Something to that effect, which I think that that's empathy. Uh, again, I, I don't have to agree with how you feel about something, but I can understand that you feel that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm really interested in, and I know this is a long shot uh, of a discussion, but there's so many homeless people around Austin. And um, I, my mom is wonderful. She runs an art community and a lot of the people that she serves in her art community, she's a big warehouse. They have dances and parties. Um, and a lot of these people are um, without family. Um, and, but, but they have these incredible stories and I think part of this benefit of the doubt thing is I think it's it's hard to say this, but it's okay to have judgment and reservation. I think it's healthy if somebody has given you a reason to have reservation, but it's not okay to use that reservation as the, the person's entire personality. If someone in that group of friends that I had at Zilker would have said, he's just a blobbly blankety blank and, and I can't believe he blank blank, my first my first impression really would be to, you know, well, you know, he's asking for money. Maybe he's having a really hard time. Like we don't know where he comes from. Maybe he's in a really hard family or hard situation. Um, there might not be excuses for treating people rudely if that's what we're talking about, but there's definitely an explanation and you might, you might like the explanation or you might not like it. And I think that's part of that cognitive empathy, that understanding that we're talking about, because once you get to know somebody better, you might not have a resolution to that judgment that you had on them, but you will have some kind of explanation. Um, so I think it's really good to kind of dive deeper into that with people. And once you understand, or, or even, and again, maybe not understand, but at least you hear the story, then you can have reservations if you want. But I don't know, most of the time, I think, in my experience, uh, Deva, it, it, when you get to that point, when you can at least hear the story, then kindness can creep in because I didn't know. And Dr. Covey used to share this story about uh, a, a, a gentleman with his kids in a, a bus or a, a subway or something, and the kids are making a lot of fuss and very loud and someone comes up and says, hey, can you control your kids? And uh, the gentleman says, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize they were doing, you know, that they were bothering you. They just lost their mind. We just, we just leave, left the, the hospital, and not their mind. They just lost their mom. She just yeah. died, and they don't know how to deal with it. We're all trying to deal with it. So, you know, if I if I had, I was in that conversation, I think, oh, man, sorry, I didn't, you know. Do whatever you I, need. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, I have more compassion, I guess, is the word for what's going on, because, you know, I don't know how I would react, how my kids would react if they lost their mom. But then, and now here is the situation. So I, I think uh, when we're talking, when we're talking about becoming a leader of character, that's important as we and, and all of our followers, because I think we've talked about this before, David. By definition, the only requirement for a leader of any sort is to have a or more followers. Mm -hmm. You don't have all that other stuff is we made up, we make it up all the time. But if you don't have a follower of some sort, then you're not a leader. You cannot be by definition, you know? And I think especially, uh, and I won't say especially, sometimes leaders get to the management part. You know, we got, I got to get at least 18 people from here to there. That's managing. That's not leading. Leading would require that I encourage, I inspire them to move themselves. 
so that I don't have to get them over there. They're going to get there by themselves because you know we have a, a common purpose and goals and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but the key the the key with we're, when we're talking about empathy, empathy and listening empathically, every person has not every person has well they do every person has a story, but more deeply every person is a story. And if you can at least hear them out, maybe try to understand where they where that story how that story was created you know uh, i have i have a good friend excuse me i have a good friend who i used to give a hard time we were colleagues and he come in around 10 10 30 something whatever to work and you know i'm a, i'm there at old dark 30 before the sun comes up before everybody and i give him a hard time every every morning and then one t- this one time I, uh, I i i'm giving him a hard time it's a kind of a guy thing that's what we say anyway so uh and he said, "Oh yeah, chief, I, I'm really sorry that I'm late today, but uh, we had a long night with our our autistic son." Yeah. Oh, oh uh, uh, what? Yeah, we have an autistic son, and I don't know if you've you you've been around autistic people, you've worked with them, yeah. So they they live, I mean, almost literally in their own world, with all due respect, and that's just the way you know that that's the way they are. And so once I understood, now all of a sudden empathy starts to click in. Ah, sir, I'm so sorry. I, I, I've been giving you a hard time. I didn't mean to. I didn't know this. And he said, luckily, he's just a wonderful man. He said, no, I, I accept your apology, Chief. You didn't know, and I didn't tell you. You know, it, it was just punning around when once I heard the story, once I understood the story, oh, I'm sorry. Like, now I have compassion. Now I have empathy. And I never did that again. I've seen him since then, you know, hundreds of times. And I never, in fact, I'm a little bit more uh not only cautious not to say anything, but to, to be respectful. I always ask, so how's he doing? And, you know, how are you doing? And then I think our relationship is long, although it was very strong to begin with, maybe it's a little bit deeper. So, yeah, but uh, we, we, we don't know the story. We don't know. Back in the day, I don't know if you guys do it. We always, we, us old guys, we'd say, I would uh, been there, done that. No, we yeah. haven't. We haven't been there. We haven't. Oh, done yeah. That. And especially not the best place to say, been there, done that, whenever you learn something about somebody. I think that's definitely empathy. Um, also, there is a lawn blower outside of my house. I think you could probably hear it. Oh, I, I don't hear anything, but I'm not paying attention. I'm listening to you. Okay, good. You're listening. <laughs> they are right outside. But um, God, it's only bothering me. I think he's leaving. But okay. um yeah, um, yeah, but he's got a job. Want- he's paying, you know, he's making a living for his family. Yeah, he's got kids to feed and all that. So we have to be empathic. We have to be understanding. Help me out with the with the lawn. He didn't know. I didn't know, and he didn't ask, and yeah. I didn't ask either. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say that it's really good, and it takes a leader of character to really respond in that way as well. Because I think nowadays, when somebody tells us something hard or tells us something about their our life, it's really easy to just say, "Oh." And then think all those things to yourself to think, man, I shouldn't have done that to myself, but I don't want to admit it. Or I shouldn't have said that earlier, but I hope he forgot. And it takes a lot of strength nowadays. And I hope that people will will take this to heart to come up and say, you know what? Remember that thing I said two weeks ago? I had no idea that you were struggling or I had no idea that it meant this. Um, Something else I wanted to say is, We've talked about how empathy can help you as a leader of character serve other people by listening to them, by learning more about them. But in a lot of ways, empathy really helps 
you out as a leader of character and just as a person. Um, and one, one explanation that I have for that is something that happened to me just last week. I, it was the last day of class, the last in-person day of class. And we had finished class and I had been sitting next to this girl all semester long and I knew her name, but we never talked. I mean, besides the, besides the occasional, Hey, did you get the notes for this? Or, uh, or how, how, you know, did you, did you hear what she said? Uh, besides that, really, we didn't talk at all. And, and my first impression of her and in college, this might be, this is probably much different. Um, I'm sure from, from your age or, just even a few years ago, but there are certain clothing items that, that people will wear that almost kind of suggest their status. I mean, people always use their clothing to show their status, but I uh, am admitting to just a tiny bit of jealousy whenever girls get to walk around in these bright white Hoka shoes. Um, and I don't have a pair, but all of these women, they're wearing really name brand Lululemon is what they're called. Lululemon um, leggings. And anybody who's in college at this time, um, can know what I'm talking about. And a lot of them are wearing hokas and these shoes are so popular and I've heard they've been so great for your feet and they just, they just look cute in my opinion. So anyways, (laughs) I, I really like these uh, clothing items, but I shop at Goodwill. I'm really trying to save money and, and I don't, I don't really get clothes like that. And, um, so the girl next to me, she, she always has her athletic, um, like really well put together uh, clothing and she has very clean white hoka shoes and um, she's wearing her class ring which the class rings for UT are almost a thousand dollars and yeah. there's some knockout like uh, not knockout some knockoff versions that I'm probably going to get they're like forty dollars okay. um, and so I'm sitting there and I'm not mad at her at all I'm just thinking like yeah she has a lot of money and she probably is in a sorority and she's probably you know, has more friends than I do, (laughs) like all of these things that are not true. And on the last day of class, she asked me um, about something that we were doing for school. And we found out we're both Christian. We found out that um, we have very similar political ideologies and we kind of commiserated over the, some, some of the things that were said in class that we can kind of like discuss together we spent two hours talking in the room. We went to lunch. We I bought her food because she told me she was actually struggling. She had less in her bank account than I did. She had $200 in her bank account. Um, and she, she mentioned that to me because we got into some deep discussion. And she was talking about how a lot of people do judge for those types of of things. She's like, my mom got me these shoes and my parents are well off, but I'm in debt and I have $200 in my bank account. And so I bought her lunch and then I drove her halfway to San Antonio for uh, where the bus stop is. And, um, so that her, she could meet cause she didn't have a car. She just got in a car crash and, um, had to ride this Greyhound bus, which there are not a lot of friendly people on the Greyhound bus, um, all the way to San Antonio, which is an hour away. Oh. And, all of these things that I never would have known. And and I got to help her that day. And, and that helped me because I made a new friend and, um, and I really, those judgments were stopping me from making such, such a good friend. And she just texted me the other day and invited me to her graduation, uh, hanging out party. And I'm just so happy that I, that I took the opportunity to be able to speak with her. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I've said this before to at least other people. I don't know that you've uh, I've ever said it to you, but you're a good kid, Deva. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk again next week. Sure. Thanks. Thank you for listening. 
We hope that there was something that you heard in this episode that will help empower you to become a better leader. A leader of character. If you'd like to connect with us, please email us at cloc at leadershipandforesight.org. Until next time, be great. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight.